1: you're listening to text message the uk focused technology podcast with me nate langson and additionally me ian morris and brought to you by you there or possibly you thank you to our patrons for supporting us every week at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot slash uk tech if you're a patron you're getting this special episode early because i'm currently on my honeymoon having just gotten married uh, but if you're not a patron, but would like to be one and get our ex- usual extended cuts, weekly columns, or raw unedited versions, uh, and, and more <laughs> besides, head to Patreon.com/UKTech find out how you can support us now we wanted to do a special episode um, because we're not going to be here next week and we thought it was daft to try and guess what the news was going to be Um, but instead ian and i have both been using the iphone 8 we've both been using the apple watch uh, as has my brother from cnet who's going to pop in the room in a little bit as well so we thought why don't we just keep for the people that don't want to hear anything about the iphone they don't have to sit through it in a regular episode but for those of you who do want to hear our review we've got a very special treat for you. And here is Inanye's iPhone review. Apple's iPhone 8 is an unusual release for two reasons. Based on Apple's previous product cycle for its phones, this model should have been called the iPhone 7S. Instead, Apple skipped the S moniker and jumped straight to the 8. But secondly, both models were revealed alongside a brand new flagship, the iPhone X, meaning the iPhone 9 was leapfrogged in favour of being able to be released as a revolutionary product 10 years after the first one's birth. Apple would likely say that the advances made for the iPhone X were so great it warranted a double jump of numerals anyway. It's a strategy the old media player Winamp employed when it jumped from version 3 to version 5 back in 2003. Man, that is some in-depth knowledge of Winamp. Uh, even I've forgotten
0: that stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, the iPhone 8 uh, is different in uh, from previous S-generation phones, and it does sort of have a much more radical design, doesn't it? It's got this uh, new type of all-glass design that we haven't seen since the iPhone 4S. Um, It comes with a very slight increase in weight, which if that's important to you, you might want to bear that in mind. But I actually quite like it. Feels really good in the hand. The glass finish is beautiful and smooth. um, And you'd be wise to keep it in a case, which is uh, what I'm doing. Uh, First of all, you want to avoid breakages. And second of all, with glass back phones, they have have a habit of sliding over surfaces. It's a friction issue. Uh, a small gripe perhaps but probably one worth mentioning uh the upside um is that you'll find your fingers and hands uh you know get more grip on the chassis compared to the iphone 7 because uh, it doesn't slip as much on your skin i found uh which in it you know that's and that's i think kind of the most important thing right you don't want to drop the thing and a little bit of extra friction helps and you do get that with glass um headline features um of these phones always tend to be cameras of course and it continues to impress I really like it um I'd say it's without question one of the best cameras on the market Um, I'm fascinated by the pixel I think it will do an amazing job Um, so the iPhone 8 does handle low light better than the iPhone 7 they've they've increased the size of the sensor I think which helps there's less noise I've done a few tests with this um, and you know looked at it in some detail and it's actually really quite impressive Um, like the iPhone 7 there are times when it can overexpose though I've noticed that in my testing Um, but you can always solve that by tapping on the bit that you want to expose correctly and as a rule it gets it right the always on hdr features uh, really does produce great results and once again shows that the point and shoot pocket camera is as good as dead if you've got an iphone in the other pocket
1: yeah the new portrait mode adds uh, an advanced visual effect to pictures which in the most extreme example can turn a subject into a black and white model uh, complete with a black background and beautiful soft edges and flattering skin it works well a lot of the time but as with the previous basic portrait function it has some quirks that need working out. Sometimes edges aren't cleanly cut, for example, and it leads to a bit of bit of the background appearing between your subject and the black effect that surrounds them. It's In beta, though, uh, will likely be improved, as we saw with the previous portrait mode. Battery life, though, is very good. Uh, we've got a full day without needing to charge with an average workday use case. Lighter use would certainly allow it to go more than a day, The wireless charging feature, which involves placing the phone on a pad that's plugged into the mains rather than plugging a cable directly into the phone, is an exercise in fantastic convenience, we found. Um, Apple has shown it can do wireless charging better than any of its competitors, and it sets an example of how this sort of technology can be executed well. This might be the first example of wireless charging that actually makes us excited about the technology's future. In fact, it wouldn't surprise us if, in a year's time, as venues start baking charging pads into bars and coffee tables, we start Mm -hmm. seeing apps that show you where your nearest wireless charging point is much like we now have for discovering public wi-fi hotspots
0: it's probably also worth pointing out that if uh, you know if you use the wireless charging in preference to plugging a cable in there's that's actually slightly better for security um you know it, it, you don't want to go plugging your phone into unknown things do you and this is a good thing about that and elsewhere apple's uh, tweaked and already Really good phone. It's enormously powerful, handling top-end apps and with games and games with ease. The graphics processor is. This is the first we've spoken about this before that Apple developed itself, um, and it has. It's a particularly good catalyst, waking for developers to make augmented reality gaming, um, which is uh, you know going to be cool for showing off to your friends in the pub. Uh, I haven't seen much use of it yet. Uh, Apple gave us a few demos. It's it's looking good. What is available in the App Store is really good, um, and the company. Of course, released AR Kit, which is a framework to help uh, the production of AR apps um, and games, and we'll no doubt see lots of them. And the iPhone 8's power is going to be uh, really important in that.
1: Yeah, uh, so I think overall, it's definitely a model to consider upgrading to from anything other than an iPhone 7. But sadly, I think it may end up feeling a bit like a poor man's iPhone 10 when that comes out, which is both a shame because of how good a phone the iPhone 8 is, as well as weird that a phone that starts at 800 quid could be designated as something a poor person would be able to buy in the first place. <laughs> that said, the iPhone 8 gets the seal of approval from Ian and Nate. So that's sort of our overview, I would say. We've we've covered all of our points there, yeah. Ian. Yeah. Um, I mean I I love it. I I think it's I think it's great, but it's one of these things where there's only so much you can innovate while sticking to the same basic form factor. Now that's why the, yeah. the iPhone 10 is so interesting because it's it's moved away from things like having a fingerprint sensor at all and and trying to make a bezel-less phone um available to people in the Apple universe at least. So, you know, it it's an interesting one, isn't it? And it is still very very expensive and the competition is is as strong as stronger as as ever, basically with the yeah. Pixel 2 and the Note 8 and that's
0: true and the and the note 8 camera is amazing truly amazing and i was i had the opportunity to try um both the uh, note 8 and the iphone 8 uh with um some people in a nightclub of all places and the iphone couldn't get it it couldn't do the shots um because it was uh, a particular you know they were washing the the club with blue light and stuff like that and the iphone couldn't compensate for it whereas the note 8 could so and these things are always a sort of, uh, they're a toss-up about priorities. I think you'll find probably the iPhone does such a good job day to day that you'll never notice those little problems. Um, I think so too. It's, and we've it's had, interesting we've... when it comes up, that's all.
1: Yeah. We, we've got a Note 8 here as well. Um, and Kate and I were doing some comparison photos the other, the other night. And we sort of concluded that, you know, these are both amazing. Like, they're both brilliant. Mm. But the differences are largely subjective um you yeah know, do you and, want- the, and, it, and it comes down
0: a lot to lots of preference as well exactly. so for example i really like underexposed photos and everyone hates this because i've got used to get told off for it all the time but i would by by my n- personal nature i would i would underexpose photos the note 8 does that it produce and it produces a little bit more contrast which is i suppose what i'm after the iphone probably technically gets it a little bit closer um but i think is as is a, is a, it blows highlights a little bit sometimes but Again, I'd I'd deal with that because the portrait mode is so amazing, and we have yeah. both got photos, haven't we? That we've taken that are
1: so good, it's almost unbelievable. They are, and I think we'll, we'll maybe we can include a, a couple of those in the show notes at techpodcast.uk UK, um, just as some examples that we've we've taken. I mean, the other thing that we that we didn't mention in the review because we didn't want to get sort of too technical um, there is the iPhone eight does have support now for shooting. 60 frames a second Mm. 4K video um, and compresses them in H.265 format or HEVC, high-efficiency video codec. Um, And it's amazing. Like, it is so impressive to be able to shoot something that sharp and be able to zoom in. Like, that's the thing. You might say, well, I don't have a 4K TV to me the point isn't being able to watch it on a telly it's being able to film something and zoom in on it and pan uh, around it in real time it, and also just having
0: something for the future you know like it when okay yeah sure we don't none, a lot of us don't have 4k TVs now but I will one day and having 4k60 is it's so good it's i mean you know, people don't like the video look, but I just love that frame rate, and I think it looks amazing. So, I think it and looks, that, yeah, it's, for it's, me it's, is is in
1: fact a killer feature, and I had to write an article about it. It's, it's a very very good feature. I love it. The only challenge with it is that support for the, that is not as wide as H two six four as as the standard that most people are using. So you'll find things like I noticed that when I was shooting it on the iPhone eight and then tried to play it back on the iPad, it said um, full resolution not supported on this device, which is not an error that you tend to see on Apple products. You know, it still lets you view it and it's still a very, very, very good looking video, but it drops it down to like a 30 frames a second H.264 format, which it converts in the cloud. You know, it's all done in iCloud, but it's something that you're going to have to be aware of initially, that if you're only viewing it on the phone you're fine. But if you are viewing it across multiple devices, which I do, then you need to make some choices about whether you want to invest in this format yet. And I'm not 100% sure I do yet, but for certain specific uses I've, I've turned it on, uh, namely for, for the wedding. Um, yeah, and you can always you can always drop it off again. It, it doesn't do any
0: damage to have it recording in that format, does it?
1: No, exactly. Well, that's it for the iPhone 8. Let's talk a bit about the watch. And um, Andy uh, Hoyle from CNET is, is going to join us shortly uh, for this a bit. I, I didn't want to go in too much detail here, but I did want to cover some of the more important things. And, and to begin with, I think we should talk about design. Uh, it still looks great. It feels great. Uh, no changes there but the battery life i have to say is the one thing that i've found to be the most impressive overall the battery i have had going for three days and two nights without taking it off and without having to charge it which for me is incredibly impressive given that we were led to believe that watches like this are going to last a day at best how's your experience been
0: yeah it's exactly
1: um
0: it's been exactly the same, really. I I've, I've I like the fact that um, I can have it for two or maybe a little bit longer days. I tend to wear it overnight, just because I can't be able to take it off mostly. Um, and you know, I I I kind of feel like the longer the better. In a way, it doesn't like uh, it doesn't bother me to to, to charge it up. Um, but yeah, I I kind of for me, I think they've got it exactly right. Some people have complained, I know, about having you know the way. It isn't on all the time, um, which I, which you can get with certain Android watches. It doesn't bother me. I think it's so good at detecting that. I think that they balance the power consumption just right. Um, I think the only thing is I, I'm not too fussed about the 4G aspect of it, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, and Andy's going to talk about that hopefully shortly. But, I mean, the 4G aspect is one of those things where... It's only going to be really exciting when it's available on all the networks. At the moment, it's on EE, which for me as a Vodafone customer um, is no good. I have got an EE SIM now, uh, which I'm going to put in the iPhone 7 and pair um, the watch to that and use a bit of the 4G. Andy already has done and um, he's he's coming shortly. Personally, though, uh, uh, even without the LTE, you know, the, I think the watch is a big step up over the over the first generation um, in particular because the battery life is so much better the speed of apps loading and refreshing is so much better like there's so much about it that that makes it a worthwhile jump if you're using it any every day anyway um, that makes me very excited I just wonder who is using a series 2 And then jumping to this one, because the Series 2 had a much bigger battery than the first one and a much faster processor. So you're really seeing less of a jump from the 2 to the 3 than from the 1 to the 2, which I know is obvious. But with something like this, I think it's worth really hammering that home.
0: So, yeah, but so I think that uh, the good thing about the Apple Watch is that it's never um, it's never a massive jump. Like there are some advantages to upgrading. But ultimately, if you've still got a Series 1, you're probably going to be quite happy with it. And if you've got a Series 3, you'll be quite happy with it for 10, you know, for five or probably not 10 years, but for three years to come. Um, and I think I was always... The thing about smartwatches is that people in the, you know, people who buy, like watches tend not to love them because, you know, there is, a, there is a certain stability to watches that lasts and lasts and lasts. You can pick up a watch that was built 100 years ago or a watch that was built yesterday. And they'll probably both work and work well. Um, we won't be able to say that about smartwatches. But again, it's, it's a very different proposition. Uh, but I think what Apple's doing with keeping the design the same, not releasing endless iterations of it, I think that's a really good way to make it feel like a consistent product, even though the hardware in may change over time. I still think you look at Apple Watch and you go, well, that's the Apple Watch. And you know what it is. And it, it and it, you know it
1: has a look of its own. Yeah, definitely. What do you think about the fitness stuff? Because for me, this has been one of the the, the things that I found mo- most encouraging is that I, I I never really liked the Apple Watch as a kind of as an extension to the phone. Simply because to begin with, when it first came out, it was largely like a a, a square of notifications on my wrist, yeah. and I, I kind of always had this war on notifications because I don't think we need so many. So well, you can,
0: you could you get, do get complete control over them, which is really nice.
1: You do, but to begin with the ecosystem wasn't as developed and so there wasn't enough outside of that to make me really wish I was wearing it whereas now I do I wear it every day but the fitness stuff I found particularly interesting you know that fitness tracking element and the the closing of the rings the encouragement to breathe um the fact that it will support yoga workouts and things like that like there's enough there to make it really quite valuable to me even if I didn't have the phone it wouldn't mm. work without the phone but if you know what i'm saying it's quite a it's quite a compelling amount of usefulness. There. No i do and i and i've got to say that
0: again it's it seems kind of silly but um apple has managed to get that fitness thing quite nicely tied together. Um my experience with android wear wasn't the same uh, like whilst all of them all track your steps and all that kind of stuff none of them do as good a job at presenting that information back to you as the apple watch does like it's it, you know again i'm always wary that people are like oh you know the apple watch or, you know, or whatever and and maybe you know because we both are you know quite big fans of it i i wonder if they think we're just not objective about it but i've used the android stuff yeah so and, like i used all the older galaxy gears or gears yeah, as they were yeah. renamed uh, exactly and and Like and I've you know and I've still got Android Wear watches here that I occasionally think oh I'll have a quick go with this and the experience is fine but it's for health and stuff like that I like the idea of it monitoring your heart rate almost constantly and it does it every now and then
1: I hate that well you you don't have to use it presumably. turned it off the last thing I need as a chronic hypochondriac is something on my wrist flashing up and saying uh dude your heart rate's really high you might want to get that checked out well but
0: that's the thing you see because um. uh, particularly you know like i have i have what i would consider to be not a great resting heart rate i i don't get enough exercise i don't think and i could do with running a bit and you know i would have a much better resting heart rate but my heart rate it's with it's within the normal range so ha- the, what the apple watch does now which is really good is if it jumps up hugely um and it would be an abnormal amount and it would know that you hadn't done any exercise it gives you a warning now OK, I admit that that's perhaps not great for you. But for me, it's like, OK, well, that's something to think about. And if it keeps happening, it's something to maybe raise with a doctor. I, I, it will save lives. And that is really, um, really important. And I think we'll see more of this stuff. And, you know, OK, you wouldn't rely on it. But if it's extra information that you wouldn't otherwise have, then
1: great. Yeah, and I can see mine. My, my Mine right now is 65 my heart rate, sorry, 68. Oh, your resting heart is a lot lower than mine, mate. 68 now. It's usually in the 70s. Right now, for some reason, it's it's 67. Oh, you're chilled. But what's what's interesting is that um, I'm looking at the history, the, the historical graph here, because I kept it on overnight last night. So I can see that overnight, I can actually see the point at which I obviously fell asleep. And then I it, my heart rate dropped to about 50, maybe 55. And then as I can see when I woke up, and then it, it jumps much higher. So there's at one point here that says that it hit 47, but I believe that must be an error because there's no way my heart rate was ever 47 beats. a minute. Well, you don't know. I mean, when you're resting and asleep, it might well be. No, this was at half twelve. So oh. uh, I, I strongly doubt that. So, but but either way, you know, it's useful to have. I just don't want it telling me that I might have a heart condition and should go and get it checked out. So, um, <laughs> but I, wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you rather know? You know, like even if it was some worry, if you went to a doctor, they would go, "No, you're fine." No. i'd (laughs) I'd rather go and have them tell me than to have it tell me i might and that i should go if that makes sense yes
0: i mean i understand that i do understand that it's not for everyone and and everyone has very different opinions on health i i I was probably a lot more like you uh, you know a while ago you know some many years ago i was i was quite you know anxious about health in general now i'm like you know what? Honestly, you, you gen- as a rule, you generally know something's not quite right.
1: But its I think it's just good. And it, it, and if people use it, it
0: will save lives and that's worth it.
1: Well, joining us now and taking uh, time out of his busy schedule of being my brother, my best man at the wedding and senior editor and photographer for scenic.com is Andrew Hoyle. Uh, thanks for coming over. Now, you've been using the 4G LTE features of the new Apple Watch, which, which Ian
2: and I have just been talking about. Can you talk us through maybe what the setup process is like? the The setup is, is kind of as simple as you'd expect um, an Apple product to be. Um, it, it's very much you just open the app, take the steps that it's that it says, and register it on the network, and that's pretty much it. You get some uh, information about the additional costs that you'll have, which um, which Nate you'll be able to uh, uh, give in more detail. Um, but the setup is really very simple, and and once you're going again, it's you. There's very little input that you have to give. I see. Okay, and. Is that setup happening on the
1: watch or on the phone? Like most apps you configure using the Apple Watch are actually done on the Apple Watch app on iOS?
2: Yeah, it's still all done through the phone. So once you've uh, got your Apple Watch actually set up, when you, you scan the, the face of the watch on your phone, the the steps is all done through the Apple Watch app on your iPhone. And then everything's then uh, put into place on the watch. Okay, so talk us through what it's like to use the LTE features and calling. What sort of setup have you been using for, for testing that? I made a point of having the phone that my Apple Watch was registered with, not with me. So whenever a call came through to that number... Only my watch rang, because of course, when you've got your phone with you, the LTE on your watch doesn't need to be active. Um, It's only when you actually go away from your phone. If you're going for a run, for example, or a long walk, and you don't want to take your phone with you, Um, and so in that case, yes, the the watch rang, and then you accept the call just like you would um, if you uh, if you were getting a call now through to your phone. And then, of course, when you've got Bluetooth headphones um, uh, paired with the watch, when you take the call, it goes. And goes through to those headphones have you found battery life i wondered if having a 4g radio in there and being switched on all the time was going to hit the performance of the the battery's little limited charge in comparable use between this one and the previous model um, for just day-to-day notifications incoming that sort of thing the battery life is pretty much the same that's even with the lte connectivity going on and um, what we haven't been able to do yet is is actual uh, how long you can make a call for how much um of a drain uh being on a phone call through the watches um those obviously are important tests uh we need to know how long you can chat away through your wrist um so that's of course what we're up to at the moment um but early signs are that it's that it's as good certainly as good as the current generation
1: all very positive so far then I suppose are there any negatives anything uh that you expected the watch to do that it doesn't
2: Regular SMS messages is a a big thing in that they're not supported, so you can't uh, dictate and send a text through it. Um, iMessages um, are still supported and any um, other apps that you may have Um, uh, install on the phone but not SMS
1: alright while I've got you here let's talk a bit about the iPhone 8 photography as it includes some new features like studio lighting effects for the the SLR camera like portrait mode Uh, we talked about the phone earlier at the top of the show but as you're a professional photographer I can't let you go without at least asking
2: you what you think to the camera on the iphone 8 plus how how do you rate it so far it's definitely up there with the best and by the best i also include the iphone 7 plus because apple's cameras were already the best or certainly among the best uh, uh, cameras you can find in smartphones and the 8 and 8 plus is certainly no exception um i'm taking really really great shots i love the low light functionality um obviously then we've got the features with the new portrait modes and the lighting effects so far, they do seem like a little bit of a novelty. Um, you'll find the odd scenario where you can get a really good example and go, wow, this is this is really cool. But for the most part, it is akin to applying a filter effect um, onto a photo. So, And I have found many occasions where actually it, it doesn't cut out the background um, around your subject very neatly, so it, the photos do look very artificial um, and a bit weird. So mm-hmm. I think there's still a lot of work to be done there. But in terms of out-and-out image quality, they are fantastic cameras. Yeah, I mean, we should highlight probably that the new studio lighting
1: mode is in in beta. Uh, I had a briefing with Apple recently and that, that came up as a topic. But the existing portrait mode, which adds just the depth effect to photos, was also in beta when it came out and had some small quirks that now seem to be iron out. ironed out. So I think... Uh, that's now out of beta, this one's in beta. Um, I'd expect the lighting mode to probably go through a similar process I guess. Um, For me though, the most exciting change on the camera front, uh, not to be confused with the front camera uh, is the fact that third party apps can now access the depth sensor information captured by the lens, which I think will open up a lot of interesting new features and photography apps
2: yeah and that 's actually one of the things that I found particularly exciting was i've seen some examples already of apps um, that can uh, that can help you do um, composites on the phone which so basically you can cut out the um, uh, your the portrait of a, of a friend or a, or a family member whoever's in a shot uh, and then place them into a completely different background apply all these different effects separately to their face to the background um the sorts of things that if you were if you were trying to cut out that person in photoshop um to the same level could take you a good half an hour for even for someone who's experienced
1: great thanks andy well i imagine you've got uh, reviews ongoing and stuff for their new devices what have you got coming up that people should look for
2: Yep, I've got a whole package of features putting the uh, the iPhone's camera through various different uh, tests. So, yeah, do keep your eye on CNET.com uh, for those, or actually, you can follow me on Twitter with at BatteryHQ, um, and I'll be posting all of those on there. So, do keep your eyes peeled over the coming weeks. Cool. Cheers, Andy, um, Ian. All good. Um, is there anything we've missed
1: and not talked about with these uh, these devices? No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I think that, that's the
0: most comprehensive review ever. No, I'm, I am I'm sure there is. But also, I'm sure we'll talk about them again in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you've got one, if you're planning on buying one, uh, if you're definitely, definitely planning on not buying one, uh, do let us know, podcast at dot. Uh, we'll be back with episode one ni- uh, 109 uh next weekend when i'm back from my honeymoon so do keep any emails and messages coming into us before then uh thanks again to our patrons supporting us at patreon.com slash uk tech remember no commitment uh you can go and give us a try for as little as one or two dollars uh, a week it's not like week. buying a dog that's a big commitment